Your band sounds great, but how does it look? No one knows if you're in the dark. Light up your gigs with Chauvet DJ. Chauvet DJ is the brand of affordable and easy-to-use entertainment lighting that can help your band rise above the competition with great-looking and dynamic visual stage looks. From pack-and-go lighting systems that set up and tear down in seconds to Bluetooth-enabled lighting, with the touch of a button or step on a foot pedal, Chauvet DJ has your gig lighting covered. You rock the gig, Chauvet DJ will make sure the crowd sees you do it. Rock in the spotlight with Chauvet DJ. Learn more at ChauvetDJ.com. That's C-H-A-U-V-E-T-D-J.com. And that's why you should always bring a second pair of pants. What's going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less here in Atlanta, Georgia. I am Adam Johnson. And here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. How's your week going, man? You know, um, uh, I was pretty much through with the flu by like Monday morning, but I was still like the whole week I've been a little low, just like not sick, but kind of low energy. Yeah. And um, this morning was the first day I woke up and I was like, ha, ah, I'm alive. I exist. Good. So, yeah, I think I'm on the far side of it. I think I think I am. Yeah, I woke up this morning and like I wasn't – I don't know. It's been the past couple of days. I've had this just kind of general drainage situation. Yeah. And it's like my throat doesn't hurt and I'm not technically like congested, but like my – like I can feel like there's – like my my nasal passages are kind of swollen up i don't know it's like i I don't know where it's going you know what i mean yeah yeah it's not great yeah you know we did the um i had a cold on ray (laughs) last night and um there were by the second set i was loose and fine but in the first set there were certain notes that i just couldn't get they just I, didn't come I, out. I can get above them. I can get below them. But like yeah. there's a certain little range there. I just had no control. There's like a sticky spot on my vocal cords or something. that Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was neat. And now, Is, of course, we've played enough times now that Taylor and I are in enough sync that she can hear that and then come right in behind me to double me. Nice. And like pick me up on those notes that I'm missing. It's We're starting mm-hmm. to get that real, like some really good telepathy going. It's It's great. So she was, she's doing like Josh Groban. She, she raised you up when you couldn't stand. You know, I needed someone cause I was done about to fall over. Yeah. There's, there is a s- certain kind of misery that is performing when you are ill. Yeah. It's just, it's, there's nothing quite like it, is there? It's rough. It's rough. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Well, I'm glad that you're feeling better. I don't know where I'm going with uh, my particular situation. Um, but you know. It is February, and um, I don't know where you guys are, but in the South, uh, it's a situation where one day it is 70 degrees, and the next day it is 30 degrees, mm-hmm. and I'm fairly certain I, I'm going to get pneumonia. I, I don't see how I can avoid it at this point, you know? So that's kind of where I'm uh, currently at. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, no gigs this week for me. Um, I did have a church gig on Sunday. And um, it was the first time I had used my uh, spanking new uh, in-ears with, a, like, a nice stereo mix. Yeah. And I'll say this, like, the – again, not to beat a dead horse, but the technology has come a really long way. Like, this is probably the first time uh, in a long time I've used my in-ears and not had the kind of ear fatigue that I've mm. just, I guess, grown accustomed to. Yeah. 
I find I can run these in a much lower SPL, but still get the um, the soundstage that I'm looking for. And it, it like I don't take them off and go Ugh, like my ears are ringing. So yeah, that's good. Um, that was good. I also took that opportunity to play my Roland uh, for a bunch of middle schoolers, and uh, definitely lots of confused faces. <laughs> and um, I definitely <laughs> saw people like kids like snapping, like "What the H is this?" <laughs> um, the other thing about that gig was that I. Ha- I had to tune that guitar to standard tuning. And for those of you who've been keeping score, um, it's strung with uh, 11s because of the uh, truss rod situation. Um, and wrestling that thing in standard tuning was an absolute bear. Huh. Um, my, I, I woke up on Monday and, and my, my left hand was quite swollen. Wow. Um, yeah, it was, it was noticeably bad. And, um, for those of you who uh, are friends with me on Facebook, I have actually put the Roland system up for sale. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I can't do this. I, I love the guitar. I love the way it looks. I love most things about it. The problem is, is that I don't like the way it plays. Hmm. And that's kind of important. It's, I know that. That's everything. So um, if you're in the market for one, I will um, I will actually cut you a very solid deal um, from what I'm offering on Facebook Marketplace. If you are a CBC listener, uh, just DM me. I will happily uh, find a way to get it in your hands. It's a great guitar. It's just not for me. Uh, in the process of doing that, I also kind of accidentally bought another guitar. <laughs> and I need to get it sold so that I can justify that purchase. Gotcha. So there's that. There's that too. And the new one's also a strange looking beast. Well, I mean, it it isn't it. it it's not terribly. I mean, compared weird. to the Roland, it's, it's straightforward. But oh yeah, but uh, it's an explorer, and it's a but it's a signature model uh, by a guy named Lee Malia, um, who is the uh, main guitar player for a little band called Bring Me the Horizon. Um, which, if you don't know them, you're probably not in their target demo. Um, they are what I would call a uh, a modern deathcore band. Uh, which kind of went sort of mainstreamy, but um, his aesthetic is very cool. He is a big fan of the old um, Gibson Artisan series. Uh, for those of you who don't know what those look like, it's basically like walnut finishes with very intricate uh, inlays on the um, the fretboards. And he's got a Les Paul, a an Explorer, and an RD uh, version of that guitar. And um, there was just a really good deal on the Explorer one, and I couldn't pass it up. And I well, that's not true. I put in a lowball uh, offer, and the person took it. Yeah, that's good. So it was just kind of one of those things. That's good. Um, and the reason why I was even mildly tempted to do that is that the um, the Skinner tribute that I book sometimes has been looking to be kind of get fill-ins for every now and then, and um, I would be filling the Alan Collins role, and he quite. Uh, quite obviously was the guy who played the Explorer. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a, a no brainer there. Um, and anyone who doesn't know what an Explorer looks like, it's very pointy. Yes, it is Extremely a pointy guitar pointy, but that one is kind of unique. Cause it's got like a very full throated, uh, humbucker in the bridge position. And then it's got a P 90 in the, um, the neck position, huh. uh, with a dummy coil in the back of the guitar. So the P 90 kind of, uh, bucks its own hum. That's good. So you can do, honestly, the, the the interesting thing about that guitar is that, you know, for a, a band that is very well known for its very, like, dirty, like, distorted tones, that guitar has a very unique, clean sound. Hmm. And that was what was kind of appealing about it. So 
that's why I chased it down. Very cool. It's one of two explorers that I'm thinking about. Um, so when I get this one, it's supposed to ship tomorrow. Um, I've heard that, uh, the neck is kind of polarizing and if it's not for me, I will, I'll just throw it back up on reverb or Craigslist. Uh, cause there's another Explorer down the line that I am looking to pick up. So, but I think Explorer is the next, the next, the next thing I'll be purchasing. Very nice. Cause I like pointy guitars. Super pointy. It really is. And that's all, that's all I got for right now. Okay. So, um, you know, the, my current situation is as follows. Um, as far as home life goes, we've been having some kind of like home challenges um, with the kids and just general um, kind of day-to-day stuff. So um, from a business standpoint, uh, the band's not doing a whole lot. You know, we have, we're doing, we're advancing shows, but I'm kind of in a, uh, I, I would say that me and Amber are kind of in survival mode at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, um, furthering the brand is not top of mind at the moment. And, um, that's kind of where I'm at as far as that goes. Parenting stuff. It is. And, um, I'm trying to just kind of give myself grace in the moment because there's a part of me that's very driven that wants to, you know, build and build and build and build. But the reality of the situation is I can only do so much in this current state. And I'm just trying to kind of lay back a little bit and just see what happens. Yeah. So, and how are you about laying back? Um, not great. Yeah. You know, we've got, um, two full weekends off between now and our next set of gigs. And that's good. I can use that time, you know, to kind of re kind of recon reconstitute myself and my general sanity. Um, and it'll be good to get back at it. But, um, two weeks of just kind of like sitting around feels weird. For sure. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. Um, I think that sometimes um, if you feel like there is some sort of um, grand design to the whole ex- like human experience that maybe this is happening uh, because it needs to happen. And we need some time off and we need to kind of like, you know, re kind of reevaluate and kind of reconnect as a, uh, as a family unit. So that's um, I think that's what needs to happen. And that is what is happening. So good. Trying to take some, you know, mental health time and, um, you know, get my head straight so that when it does get busy again with business stuff, um, I'm not, you know, running around like a crazy person. Totally. Totally. No, you got to do that. You got to do that. And, you know, when your family needs you, like that's what, there's nothing else to do. Yeah. And I mean, part of that has been, you know, we had talked about where I was subbing myself out for that gig so that I could spend, take that trip with my son. Um, Amber's also, um, trying that on. Uh, we met with a sub this week. Um, well, I met with a sub this week to kind of work on, um, a show in March that she can't do. And so, um, we're going to be working her in a little bit so that, um, Amber's got a little bit of leeway if she needs it. Cause that, for, for me, you know, she's, she's doing her current job has her traveling a lot. She was in Puerto Rico earlier this week and she's probably got two more trips to Puerto Rico and like three other cities in the next you know, six months. Mm. So having, um, somebody, uh, to call on if she's not in the country might be helpful. Sure. So, um, we've just, that was one of the, th- the goals that we, um, wanted to accomplish this year was to, uh, find ways to sub ourselves out for gigs. Um, and that is what we were doing. Very good. 
So that's happening, uh, I think, March 21st is that gig. Nice. So. But that's it. That's where I'm at. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, I got um, I got some um, thoughts about my most recent set of gigs. But first, let's do this. Shobay DJ makes it easy to take the look of your gigs to new levels that can set your band apart from all the others. Lighting is the key, even in small venues. Chauvet DJ has the lighting tools to help your band create visual excitement and energy without taking your attention from your music. It's easier than ever with technology like Bluetooth-enabled products that can be triggered right from a phone or tablet with the free BT Air app. That means powerful lighting for bands is now literally at your fingertips. Chauvet DJ knows your gig gear should be powerful, affordable, lightweight, and ultra-convenient. The new Gig Bar Move is all that and more. Gig Bar Move has moving head fixtures, wash light bars, strobes, and lasers all on one bar that sets up and tears down in minutes without taking up a lot of valuable transport space. Chauvet DJ is the brand of entertainment lighting that helps you create better audience experiences by adding dynamic visual looks and moods to perfectly suit the music you're playing. And it's easier and more affordable than ever. Learn more at ChauvetDJ.com. That's C-H-A-U-V-E-T-D-J.com. You do gigs. Light what you do with Chauvet DJ. Okay. Holy shit. Right? Aren't you glad we did that? It was so good. So good. Big ups. Yeah. So um, last weekend, I had a doubleheader. I had a Friday night at a new place called the Garage Tavern and a Saturday night at Pig Pounder. And... um Garage Tavern's a new venue for us. We were there. Um, uh, I've been trying to get in there. I've been, I've been seeing acts booked there and videos of them playing and whatnot. Um, and it looked pretty great. And they were they were acts that are similar to us in some ways. Uh, maybe leaned a little more southern rock. A little a, in some cases a little more country um, than us, but not enough that it felt like a complete miss. And, um, so we first went in there, the place has been open maybe a year and a half. I think the first time that I went in there was a year ago. Um, and I met the, one of the, one of the owners who does the booking on that, on that visit and, um, and ate some chili. They were having a chili cook off. So, um, I did try to sample some chili and cast a ballot. Um, and then I've been there a couple of times since then and met them and whatnot and, and, and a, um, Maybe three months ago, Justin and I dropped in and left a flyer. The booker wasn't around, but I just left a piece of paper, right? Our one sheet. Yep. And she reached out to me about a month ago and asked, you know, when she could book us. And she, we picked a date in May and then she said, gosh, I got this one cancellation. I wish that you had, you know, were open. And I went and figured it out and we made ourselves open and we in fact booked it and played it. And that was this, that was this last Friday. Um, I've talked about that weeks ago, I think, on the podcast. For sure. So um, it's been quite a while since we played a new uh, venue, a new bar. And the thing that um, I'd kind of, I'd really forgotten, but I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't like aware of enough to be living it, is that around here at least, different bars very much have different personalities have different audiences have different regulars. Um, they feel different. They want different things. And 
learning that is part of our job. You know, I have a bar that I play that um, just really nothing after about 1995 works at all. Um, yeah. And then I have other places that I can just throw anything at them. I have other places that love the modern stuff. Um, it's really, really broad. And so I didn't, I designed a set list coming into this gig that was um, not, it didn't make any real presumption about what the audience there would want. I just, I, I threw a bunch of stuff out that I wanted to see how it went. And it was mostly about experimentation and learning there. And the thing that I, um, in some ways, some of our standard stuff really did not go. We, we have done, um, born this way, Lady Gaga at almost every show we've ever played. And it's a good barometer for the, (laughs) uh, the way that a room is going to go. (laughs) <laughs> if there's uptake on Lady Gaga, we're probably okay with almost any of our material. Yeah. Um, if there's not, then it's probably time to lean back toward classic rock. And it was very much a mixed bag in this room. Some people were like, what, what are these boys doing? And others were super into it. So I didn't quite know how to read that. So I just kept, I just kept pushing forward with the stuff that I had. And um, throughout the first set, people were singing along, bobbing their heads. That was kind of the level of the engagement. I had a couple of people who like turned their chairs to face us and they were there for us. I had one couple who came in a little bit of the ways into the first set and sat at a table behind it, sort of cabaret style, right? So they're okay. there, they're there to see us. And yeah. I think there's a lot of, a lot of people in this place who come for the music on a Friday and Saturday night. So I think it's become kind of a music venue. Um, oh, I'll say the other thing. Um, the woman who booked us after we did sound check came up and, um, just made a, made a, a note that we should keep it, keep the volume down, which is like a, everybody says that. And B, this is a fairly small place. And we were like, yep, totally completely got it. We're going to start out low. And, you know, as the room fills up, we may ease up a little bit, but we're, we're well aware, but you know, we're up on stage. Well, I mean, stage, we're in the corner of the bar, but we have our in-airs on. We can't hear what it's like in the room. So please, we're not precious about getting feedback about that. Please just let us know how it's going out in the room. And she said, no problem. We will. And and by the way, the other owner will for sure let you know, she said with kind of a tone. He'll for sure let you know. Um, I don't like that. No, I didn't love it. And um, <laughs> it's like... Uh, it told me that there's a history with this guy. Right. Um, and then he came in a little bit later and met him and he was personable and fine and nice. Um, played through the first set and clearly look, the room's enjoying it, but not in a very, you know, physically demonstrative way. They're kind of bobbing along, um, and got to our first break. Um, we did our, uh, rap battle. We have a rap battle piece. That's sort of a set piece of the show. And, um, yeah. Uh, and it went pretty well, even though this wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought this was really the rap battle kind of show. And we, we cut it a little bit short, um, but people enjoyed it. And, you know, you throw, um, uh, uh, low and jump around and, um, uh, um, ice, ice baby. And, you know, like a bunch of things in there that are like, people have heard them. They know them. They're going to appreciate that they're happening and we're rapping them over traps, tracks and whatnot. So, 
that all happened. It wasn't like people weren't screaming about it, but they were enjoying the fact that we were out and being engaging and being a show. Um, got to the break and I, I went over to the owner who I was going to hear from, right? The, you know, like the one who was going to give feedback I wasn't going to like. And, um, just to check in, cause I always do that at the break. I always check in with the bar. If the booker's there, I always check in with them. I went over to him and said, how are we doing? We sounded okay. Not too loud. And he said, no, nah, man, I love you guys. You guys are so much fun. I'm totally into this. Well, good. It's like, all right. Okay. That's, that's good. That's great. And the woman who booked us was also very happy. And, uh, we spent a little time at the break schmoozing. Cause that's what you do at the break. That's the point of a break is to schmooze with the room. And, um, everybody was super into it. Like in a way that I was not quite reading from behind my guitar, <laughs> but everyone I talked to was loving it. And, um, so we went back into our second set and, um, I have added a couple things to my second set recently. I added, um, do you know the tune Hot Rod Lincoln? I do not. Well, you need to Google it. It's, um, it's, it's from the seventies, but it feels like it's from the fifties and it's, um, you know, it's about a hot rod race where the Fords and the Lincolns were setting the pace. Uh, and, um, it's fun. It's really fun. And, and it's, it's like very much a two-step kind of, um, uh, thing, kind of country, country, country rock deal. And then we go straight from that into, um, Johnny Cash into, um, uh, Folsom Prison Blues, which is the feel wise, the same, exactly the same. And, by the time we got halfway through the first one and into the second one, I had two thirds of the room up two stepping. Uh, you know, I didn't know what the dance was they were doing, but they were doing it. And the whole rest of the night I had dancers the whole night long, even songs that I would not have said were dance tunes. Um, and you know, I think, I think the, the takeaway that I certainly left with and that I would have people leave with is, uh, First of all, when it's a new environment, you got to feel it out. You can't necessarily trust your, um, pre preconceptions, I guess about yeah. who the audience there is. The thing to do is to throw stuff at the wall and see if it sticks. And Lady Gaga might've been right on the edge of what was tolerable there, but, um, superstition kiss, uh, long train running, all of those hit hard. Um, and they always do, but in that place, it it was particularly a, a bullseye for them. And, and then the second thing is, you know, um, if you can't tell how it's going, the thing to do is to take a break and find out. Yeah. Right. We had every opportunity to pivot the second set into a direction that was not where it started out designed, uh, depending on what the room told us as we made our way around and schmoozed and met people. And what we learned from them was we didn't really need to. We were you know, doing great. Um, but I was prepared. I was prepared to, to turn on a dime and head in a different direction if we needed to. Um, and then the third thing, of course, is that, uh, the next night we were at pig pounder where we played, I don't know, a dozen or more times now. And we were comparatively so loose and so relaxed and so at home. And there was no figuring anything out. They were in our house. And, um, and it was, it was very relaxing and great. And we also played, I think, super well that second night. Uh, you know, the first night was fine, not a problem. But, man, we felt tight that second night out. Cause, um, partially because we were just really relaxed and partially because we played basically the same set 
twice, um, which, you know, it's like a free rehearsal. Um, you know, so there is this learning a new place and the tension of that and the kind of whatever anxiety that might put on you. And then there's like going back home where it's all easy and peaceful. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great thing to kind of think about, you know, I mean, for, for us, it's kind of different because we, we are selling a very specific bill of, you know, goods. That's right. That's right. Um, so we don't have to necessarily be quite as adaptive, but we do, you know, still go through, you know, all right, we'll skip this song and we'll add this song. You know, we, we will still do that, uh, to a degree, but I think, you know, with us, you kind of know what to expect because totally. we're, we're a bit more specific on, you know, what we're selling. Yeah. People. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I think your whole, your whole brand is constrained in a way that, or focused if you prefer that, that, um, there's less, you know, for us, we're like cover band. Right. <laughs> people come up and say, what do you play? And we say everything. And they say everything. We say, yeah, everything. And they say, cool. Yeah. And that's how that goes. But then that doesn't give us anything to focus on. Right. That doesn't give us any direction. Yeah. It's so. a, yeah, you get yourself like a little box that you work in. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a great lesson. Um, you know, and we're 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 still trying to figure that out with the whole high class situation. Um, you know, what do we play? What should we have prepped? Um, you know, how can we adapt in the moment if you know things aren't necessarily going? Um, you know, if, if the room's not feeling what we're putting out. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, a lot of times constraint is a, is a really powerful tool. Constraint is a, is a, um, working with, all right, this room's only up for these subgenres. Yeah. <laughs> right. Where can we go with that? What can we create with that? What, um, what audibles can we call? What, what haven't we touched in six months, but we yeah. knew it once, you know, let's put ourselves on a tightrope and try it. Um, yeah. I mean, constraints, that's like Jack White's entire career. Was based around totally. You know, I'm not going to do this. I'm only going to do this. But. Totally, totally. You know, um, I can't help it. I mentioned last time around this podcast. I've been kind of obsessed with called um, uh, Cautionary Tales. Yep. Uh, have you picked that up? I have not. Okay, you really need to. I today I finished an episode um, that was about an album that I have known and loved for a long time. Keith Jarrett's The Koln Concert, K O L N from Cologne, Germany. Um, yeah. And I knew the story, but hearing it in this podcast was super cool. Like um, Keith Jarrett was on this world tour and he was doing these jazz concerts that were completely improvised, full like a whole concert of improvised, improvised piano jazz. And he walked into this concert hall that was going to be the capper. It was like seat, seated 35,000. It was sold out. It was a huge, yeah. huge night. And he sat down at this piano and the piano was bad broken. Like the top third of it was all clinky and bad. The sustain yeah. pedal was broken. This piano was in bad shape. And he was like, nope, can't do it. I'm out. Cancel. And like they begged him. <laughs> they begged him. And he came in. He finally like agreed and came in and played this unbelievably magical show. If You, you got to go listen to the Koln concert, K-O-L-N, with an umlaut over the O, Keith yeah. Jarrett. It It is some of the most unbelievable piano jazz ever recorded and it he was literally working around this broken piano and it, and the 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 constraints that put on what he could do and what he could oh god explore inside yeah. of the range this piano allowed was it's it's incredible it's incredible um so i i kind of knew that story and i've known that album but to hear it on this podcast was really cool he went way more in depth about it nice um 
but you know yeah. this, this really is true like the 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 limitations you can put on your creativity that that's that's part of the focus needed to get really truly creative yeah um i've you know, you were talking about like things going wrong and that kind of stuff. I was uh, watching uh, Hot Ones. I don't know if you, do you ever watched that the, on, the 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 Hot Wings uh, the Hot yes. Wings show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Um, yes. And um, this uh, the one that they posted today was with uh, Halsey. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with a bunch of her work. Yeah, but she was talking about that. You know, her first show at Madison Square Garden they sold out, and then um, somebody tripped over a cable and like their playback system crashed with Ooh. all the time code. Yeah. Um, and she had to kill two minutes on stage at Madison Square Garden. Nice. Talk about, you know, being, you know, put in a position to think on your toes. <laughs> Seriously. Um, and then, the, yeah, that was just something that reminded me. The other thing, you know, talking about, you know, playing with constraints, and this is, I, I don't know how the through line is going to work, but here we go. <laughs> um, Wes Borland from Lip Biscuit uh, broke his hand. Uh, couple weeks back and he is currently doing all of their shows in a cast so wow. he only has three functional fingers on his left hand but he's they did not cancel a single show okay and i don't know what that says about west borland uh and his capability as a guitar player versus the complexity of the music that limp biscuit writes and performs <laughs> but either way it's kind of impressive to a degree. It is. It is. Yeah. Either it's not always... Django Reinhardt impressive, but, you know. That is impressive. But yeah, those are, that, that was an excellent point that you made. Thank you. I like it a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I don't know if you caught this earlier today, but I posted something on the Facebook group about a text that I received. Did you see that? <laughs> I did see that. I, I feel like it would we would be doing our our listeners a disservice if I didn't address that. Um, Should we stage a reading of it? I mean, we can if you'd like to. Can I, can I um, be the scammer? Sure. So let's let's set the the stage for those of you who are not following along. Um, for those of you who don't have a lot of or haven't been around long enough, um, this is something that especially in the wedding world. And I think that's honestly where it came from is that they found um, our information on the knot of all places um, that you will periodically get these weird texts from people that say, I I need you to play for this event. And um, it is most certainly not legitimate. And um, it is one of those, it's kind of like the Nigerian print scams where you can read it from the drop and you know that it's, that there's something wrong. Um, and because it happened during a period of my day where I needed like a little bit of a break mentally uh, for my job, I went ahead and decided to indulge them and share all of the um, shenanigans on our Facebook page. So um, it's also on uh, Instagram under our Instagram stories if you want to read the whole deal. But we will do. I think we need to do a stage reading. Okay. All right. So you ready? Here we go. In this one, um, Dan is playing the scammer. Uh, and- is there an accent that you hear, Dan? I don't want to go that route. Okay. I will I will tell you how the story ends after we finish the read. Uh, and I'm going to read it true to the punctuation. <clears throat> Please do. Okay. You ready? Yes. Hello. I, lowercase i, would be needing your band for my fifth year's marriage ceremony on the 17th of April. And 
I, lowercase I, will like you to perform for just 85 guests. And I, lowercase I, need five piece. Let me have the cost to play for four hours from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. More also, did you accept credit card as mode of payment? Thanks. So when that happened, I immediately took a screenshot and that's when I posted it on um, all of our socials. And it was kind of like, how do you think I should respond? And before I got any responses, I decided I was going to go ahead and do it. So, of course, where is it located? We'll need some room to set up enough speakers for 85 individual human people. Thanks, the wedding is taking place in Ga. Or Georgia. Georgia, I presume. I will like to know how much your band will charge for the service so we can proceed. I'll need to know what exact location so I can drive our touring automation device to the location. Holly's Event Center. <laughs> we love that event center. So many Hollies have been evented there. That's nice. <laughs> <coughs> that place is located in Brooklyn, Atlanta. So as you can see, I'm kind of playing along with the way that he's writing, he's writing the stuff. So that place is located in Brooklyn, Atlanta which is only 47 kilometers from our lair. That, this should not be a problem. I will like to know how much it will cost for the services. In order for five musicians to play for 85 people, that would require $20 per person for each member. That makes our total $8,500. <laughs> we will require... All payments be made in multiples of seven with no consecutive payments to be made on non-concurrent days when the first payment is paid in full concurrently. Does this work for you? And I, and I just got to say, that is maybe the best nonsense sentence I've ever heard in my life. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I really am. It's really... To which you replied, you mean I can make the payment seven times? That is the only way. So, 28 times 85, times 5, times 7, and you must pay on the payment schedule I provided above, or we will not show up. How, so, co how come? No, it's it's the, that that means. Did you see that one? No. no. Oh, so he says, he says, that means I will be making $2,125 times 4. I said, no. We are now at 74,000. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. I got to back this up. There is There is one in between. Um, the question was, uh, after I did that crazy math about the, um, the price, hold on, let me see. Yeah. I didn't, I don't think you posted this. Uh, yeah. I, I may, I may not have made that one. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So I wrote, uh, in order for five musicians to play for 85 people that will require $20 per person for each member that makes our total $8,500. He goes, is it negotiable? And I wrote, of course. We will also do it for $25 per person for each member. So I actually offered him, offered to charge them more money. Right. He says, okay, the price is actually cool though, but I will have to make the payments and payment three times before the due date. And so that's where we were caught back up. So, so, Got it. so he had, he had asked about splitting the payment up and that's why I did the whole seven in multiples of seven. Right. And so, um, so when he was like, that means I'll be making 21, 25 times four. I said, no, now we're at $74,375. For the record, I think that's a great pricing strategy. It's genius. To pay a flat rate 
per guest yeah. times the amount of members. Absolutely. Listen, I'm going to be at work engaging with that many guests. It costs me a certain amount per guest. I love it. I love it. So for those of you keeping score, um, we were at $8,500 and I now have upped the ante by taking that and multiplying it by seven. Uh, so I'm now asking for $74,375. Which is what you will need or you will not show up. Yes. To which he replies, how come? And I wrote, due to the incessant pestering of your inquiry, how are we supposed to provide four hours of music by five musicians to 85 people at Holly's without $74,375 on a Friday afternoon, no less? I'm afraid I'm going to have to let you go. Please clear out your desk. Come on, don't be too sarcastic. I'm sorry, my friend. I respond with, you have hurt me and my family. Sorry about that. My closing line was, best of luck finding a band foolish enough to fall for this scam. Now, what I did not post is that after I sent that, he wrote Mugu, M-U-G-U. And I was curious about that, so I Googled it. And uh, Mugu is apparently a Nigerian slang term, which means great fool. Well, so he, I don't know if that he, was necessarily a burn or if that was you, him. yeah. Or if he was going, you know, I'm looking for a bigger fool than you, sir. Carry on. That's kind of how I, I wanted to take it, that he, he was like, game, recognize game. Like he, <laughs> I, I don't know. It was, it was real, some really good spam baiting. It was really good. For sure. And it felt pretty, uh, pretty good to do in the moment. Like sure. I said, I needed, I needed like a creative break in my day. And that was just the perfect way to do it. It's awesome. Um, I was real like the math was like my favorite part. And then, yeah, that super, you know, legal easy term about the concurrent days and that kind of thing. It was really good. We just got to, I just got to appreciate the, the genius of it here. It's, uh, I can't find it. I can't find it too much good stuff. Oh, the all payments, the. Yeah. We, 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 we require, require all payments to be made in multiples of seven with no consecutive payments. Hang on. Hang on. With no consecutive payments to be made on non-concurrent days when the first payment is paid in full concurrently. It seems like it, that's saying something. But it's it, it's not. It's super not. It says absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's genius. It seems like it's out of a contract that some psychopathic lawyer wrote up. And yeah, it's genius. <laughs> it's genius. So I think the next thing I want to do is to take the the last sentence to be put in our contract to see if anybody notices the with no consecutive payments to be made on non-concurrent days where the first payment is paid. In totally. It's like the Brown M&M clause. I love it. I think so. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, we definitely got, it definitely got a lot of interaction um, from the Facebook group. They really kind of enjoyed that. So um, if you get one of those, first of all, congratulations, you have made it. <laughs> Because what? bands who aren't a big deal don't get, you know, these kind of nonsense texts. Sure. So most congratulations to all of you. You know Led Zeppelin um, got all those all the time. Uh, 100%. Constantly. 100%. Pink Floyd but, was texted nonsense like that all the time. All the time. And so I would say, um, if you get one of those, first of all, pat yourself on the back because you've hit a certain level of awareness that somebody in Nigeria can track your band down. Um, and then have a little fun. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do it my way. I just thought that this was a fun way to do it. That's a good way to do it. So, yeah. Very cool. 
but uh, that's pretty much it, other than just normal stuff, I suppose. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I've said my piece. Well, guys, thank you very much for continuing to uh, to tune in with us. Uh, we, you know, even with all of the you know craziness going on, this is a fun distraction to uh, my day on the regular. Uh, so thank you for. Uh, keeping up with us and uh, asking questions and all of that good stuff. Uh, We are definitely very grateful for it. And we are closing in on 100 episodes. It's crazy to think about. It is. But um, this is, this is episode 91. So like, we're like on the home stretch for sure. So anywho, thank you all for your continued support. Please consider uh, supporting us on Patreon or shooting us an email at coverbandconfidential@gmail.com with any questions that you may have. Uh, we love keeping in touch with you. Uh, from Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 91. Have a great week. <laughs>